following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And right now, everyone on the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get boosted winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays with DraftKings' biggest payouts ever. So why bet on the NBA anywhere else? Bet on the Pistons or your favorite NBA team throughout the season. And right now, get that stepped-up same-game parlay boost up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simon. What's up, Michigan? It is time for our number three on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. Superfly Hayes is producing this broadcast inside this hour. Conversation on number three, Michigan. I thought they might move to number two, but when Notre Dame hammered Clemson Saturday night in South Bend, Ohio State owns a victory over Notre Dame. Reality is... As good as Michigan has played, especially the second halves in the Big Ten games, their biggest win is Penn State. That's it right now. They control their own destiny. They will not be denied the college football playoff if they went out, beat Ohio State. I think that will be enough to get them into the college football playoff. Even if they would get upset in the Big Ten championship game because the college playoff committee does look at your full season of work and you'd have that win over number two, Ohio State. I was watching Tennessee get knocked off by Georgia. Alabama lose, Clemson lost. And my first thought was, hey, the loser of Michigan, Ohio State will end up in the college football playoff without having to go play in a conference championship game. Then you step back and you think, okay, Tennessee has a pretty good resume. Hammered LSU and Brian Kelly at LSU. Beat Alabama, right? I'm just doing the math here. And you're the college football playoff committee, and there's a one-loss Tennessee team at the end of the season. And there's a one-loss Michigan team. That, that's a no-brainer that Tennessee gets a spot over Michigan. That goes back to what I said about the three non-conference games. That you didn't put a big boy game in the middle. You need to do that. Especially if you're at Michigan's level right now. But if Michigan wins out, there's no debate. Matter of fact, I'll say this. If they went out and beat Ohio State, win the big on the road in Columbus... They will move to the number one overall seed in the college football playoff. They will. 
there'll be a, an incredible argument that Georgia, yes, beat Tennessee, but not in Knoxville, in Athens. And then the Big Ten West, good luck on trying to figure out who's going to end up in Indy to play the winner of Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, if, if you're looking at Tennessee right now, they have wins uh, over Florida, LSU, Alabama, Kentucky when they were ranked, and Michigan's best win. I'm not saying they're overrated. I think Michigan's defense, I think their offense, I think they have an edge, like Shiano said. But their resume, if they're in an argument as a one-loss team, they're undefeated, and they won at Columbus, it's over. I think they're in. They could be that one-loss team, even if they would get upset in the Big Ten championship game. Because then you're going to sit down and say, okay, Tennessee, um, you did beat Alabama at home. You won at LSU 40-13, which is pretty darn impressive. At the time, Pitt was ranked when they beat Pitt in OT. But if Michigan has that win at Columbus against the number two team in the country, now you're in the conversation for that spot, even if you were upset in the Big Ten championship game. But what Michigan can control is by winning their remaining games, they are assured of being in the college football playoff And whoever comes out of the West won't help them. That's why there was that quasi-rooting for Illinois, if you were a Michigan fan, that you wanted them to keep winning when Michigan would beat them. And maybe beat them twice, have to come back and beat them in the Big Ten championship game. If the argument is a one-loss Michigan team who would lose at Columbus, let's say it's a great game, 35-34, Ohio State wins, and Michigan is an 11-1 team. And Tennessee wins out, which they should, against Missouri at South Carolina. That could be that could be one of those trap games and at Vanderbilt, which will be all Tennessee fans in the stands in Nashville. So you have an 11-1 Tennessee team, 11-1 Michigan team, if they would lose at Ohio State. Tennessee wins that debate in the college football playoff based on the strength of schedule and quality wins. They do. They really do. Now I think if Michigan wins at Ohio State, like I said, and they get upset in the Big Ten title game, then Michigan has a pretty good argument because they just won at Ohio State over Tennessee. Chris Ballas on the Wolverine.com. The Michigan Insider is standing by on the Meyer guest sign. And man, Chris, uh, Saturday was just a crazy day start to finish in college football, wasn't it? It was fun. It's that time of year, man, in November. And when your team is playing for something in November and the team you're covering, it makes it that much more fun. And when you have a night game, you get to watch all these games. And had had an idea that Georgia was probably going to win that game handily. And I predicted that Illinois would lose one more before the Michigan game. I did not think it would be Michigan State, especially with all their guys out. So hats off to them and what they accomplished there. But it pretty much assures that the Big Ten West champion is going to have three losses, Bill. And what a crappy division that is, huh? Yeah, that's what I, I I think based on what's happening right now and the TV networks pumping billions uh, into the Big Ten pocketbooks of all teams that the divisions are done as soon as they can do it. 
Without question. Yeah, when you get UCLA and USC here, and there will be some other Pac-12 teams that come over as well, that's going to do it, and you're going to see more matchups. And that's not going to that's not really going to bode well for a team like Michigan because TV is driving a lot of these matchups. Like you said, they're going to want to see them play USC every other year and UCLA. So there are going to be a lot of games on that schedule. For example, Nebraska was thought it was thought Nebraska was going to be good, and after Michigan played Wisconsin like four or five times, you know, as the crossover game, they had. Had Nebraska on the schedule for six straight years, Bill, is how it was going to play out. So you're going to see that for Michigan. It doesn't really bode well, but it will be interesting to see which games are protected and which ones aren't now. You know, if, is Michigan, Michigan State going to be every year? Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, I agree with most of your argument. Uh, the one thing I would say, Bill, is can you imagine the blowback if there would be three? SEC teams when you've got a bunch of other one-loss teams out there. Uh, I think that the SEC is top-heavy, and if you look at strengths of schedule from the top down, uh, there are some really bad teams in the SEC, too. So it's going to be fascinating to see what the criteria is for the selection committee. But again, like you said, if you win out, if you're Michigan, that's got to be your goal. And I think Michigan's got a, a solid shot to win in Columbus this year. I really do. If they can put four quarters together, because I'm trying to figure out, Chris, and you were there in New Jersey, and it's been the same M.O. Uh, all Big Ten season, starting with Maryland, that you're, you're like questioning the team. You're looking at what are they doing, and you go to halftime and you grab a cold one, or if you're there in the press box or somebody at their local pub, and you're like, are they really a top-four team? And then the second half... The entire season, they've showed everybody uh, that they deserve to be in the top four. They're a Big Ten title contender, and they look like a team that could be back in the college football playoff. The question is, why such a vast difference between the first half and second half for Michigan all season long? I'm talking inside the Big Ten play. And the answer is it really doesn't matter, right? There's a reason that games are 60 minutes long. And so if, you know what, if you're playing a 30-minute game, you're probably approaching it differently than you are a 60-minute game. That game would have been a blowout on Saturday night from start to finish had two things not happened. One, J.J. McCarthy overthrows Andrew Anthony on the second drive, and then they get a punt blocked, and all of a sudden it's a 7-7 to game instead of a 14 to nothing game. But really what Michigan has had did in all of, all of these games is is what they, they do. They wear you down with that running game, you know, but it's not a quick strike offense, and and they don't make any bones about it. They just come after you, and by the third quarter, you know what? You're dominating, continuing to dominate. The statistically, they're dominating first halves of games, just like they are entire games. Uh, maybe it's a bounce here, maybe it's a you know what a, a blocked punt against Michigan State. It was the fumble by Cornelius Johnson, but by the third and fourth quarters, you know the last four games they've outscored them 100 to three. So uh, that's why you look at final scores and not halftime scores. And I'm sure that they're not going to apologize for for going out there and winning all of their games by more than one score with one exception, and that's Maryland, which played a good game and needed a late, meaningless touchdown to, to cut into that one. So, um, Bottom line is this team is grinding out wins and just imposing its will with that big offensive line, and that's exactly the way Jim Harbaugh wants to win. Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us on the Meyer uh, guest line. So, the, their conditioning, their physical uh, side, uh, how everything just comes to life in the second half. It's almost like they're toying with Big Ten teams, and then they're like, here we go. Uh, here's your potential repeat Big Ten champion. And even a team now where Georgia's not the same Georgia they were last year, a team that could win a semifinal game and at least get to the national championship. 
Yeah, I think so. I think Georgia's still the best team, and I think they kind of turn it on. It's almost like they get bored, right, until they play somebody that challenges them. It was funny listening to the ESPN guys, and I think it was Pete Thamel said one coach told them that there's a path for Tennessee to score 50 points on Georgia at Georgia, which I thought was laughable. Uh, and there was no way that that was going to happen down there. And they were lucky to score 13, if we're being honest. So Georgia takes those games personally, and they have more talent than anybody. And when they come to play, like we saw against Michigan last year, year they you know what they're not going through the motions anymore when it's a big game they go out there and they play hard so uh and maybe it's the same with michigan at times but i will tell you this i have not seen in the years that i've covered michigan football a better run blocking michigan offensive line than this one and i was looking back at some of the both schembechler teams and watching the 1989 michigan ohio state game on youtube and the way they were blowing people off the ball these guys take it personally and it's not just the starters when you get young guys in there giovanni ohati raheem and Anderson was at center in garbage time in that game. And Andrew Gentry, a true freshman who actually went on a mission, so he's a little bit older, but he's still a freshman. They were dominating guys at the line of scrimmage, and it starts with those veterans. There is a standard that these young guys want to emulate, and they are. So this line's going to be in pretty good shape for quite some time. So um, it's uh, to me, it's one of those things where, uh, you know what, you, you win. They're winning the way that Jim Harbaugh wants to win, Bill. And to me, that makes it by the, by the fourth quarter, they're wearing teams down. I think they could do that to just about any team in the country this year and any team in the country would be the number two team in the country and i think ohio state stayed in front of michigan based on nd beating clemson and ohio state beat nd uh, to start the season in columbus so if they were matching up tonight chris buckeyes and the wolverines what would you like about michigan you mentioned that offensive line the ability to run the football i really think i think it's twofold and it's similar to last year you know when haskins ran all over him run the football control the clock, and make C.J. Stroud get out of the pocket and not be comfortable. 100%. And I don't like his body language in some of these games. Like Michigan last year, uh, I saw it again this year against Notre Dame. I saw it against Northwestern. They looked very average. And I understand about the wind and the rain, but I'll say this, Nebraska was pounding the ball, or I'm sorry, Northwestern was pounding the ball down their throats when they were going against the wind. They knew they were going to run the ball. They knew they weren't going to try to throw it. And Northwestern was still moving the ball. That's one thing I like. This Ohio State team, to me, looks a lot like the Ohio State team last year. And that's why I'd like Michigan's chances in this game, because uh, first of all, the run running game looks every bit as potent as it did last year, and they're getting stronger. Uh, number two, this defense looks like it might be even better than last year's. Now, the pass rush is starting to come on. They actually have more sacks this year, Bill, than they did last year this time, and it's really not that close. You had two guys, two elite defensive ends, but they're finding different ways to get to the quarterback, and they're really confusing people on the back end the way that Mike McDonald's defenses did last year. Jesse Minter has taken it and run with it. Same formula, a little bit more responsibility on the defensive backs, but we're starting to see a kid emerge in Will Johnson, a five-star, who I think is going to be critical in that Ohio State game. He's one of those guys that can run with these Ohio State receivers, Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr., for example. So uh, it's peaking at the right time for Michigan. So this, and really their defense isn't that much better. Uh, I look at Penn State, put up 500 yards on them. They actually outgained them in that game. Northwestern outgained Ohio State in that game. And to me, they're kind of a paper tiger. Uh, I, I really believe that. They've got this explosive offense, but at the same time, you win games in the trenches. It doesn't matter what you run. You win and lose games in the trenches. I like Michigan on both sides of the ball in that respect. I agree. In Ohio State, I don't know the wind and uh, the rain and the weather uh, was a factor, but they've had those games that Ohio State, Ohio State teams do, and they're usually on the road 
uh, where you're like, they're not the same team at home or the same team when they're relaxed, like out in Pasadena. So we'll see, man. Uh, anything that concerns you about the remaining schedule before Michigan goes to Columbus? Nope. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> uh, Nebraska's terrible, Bill, and uh, they, they should run over them. Uh, honestly, that's just a bad football team. There's a reason, I think, what, 29-point favorite? What, are the, what is it saying on the draft? DraftKings. I think well, the last I saw was 29-and-a-half-point favorite, yeah. Michigan over Nebraska on the DraftKings Sportsbook at Big Board, which, by the way, at halftime with Rutgers leading, uh, the Michigan fan to have Michigan cover for them on the DraftKings yeah. uh, line was a beautiful thing for every Michigan fan listening because they didn't see that coming at halftime. No, they didn't. And then uh, Illinois uh, is kind of what we thought they are. They, they're one-dimensional. They haven't played anybody. And Michigan State uh, went in there and really uh, they outplayed them, flat out outplayed them. And Illinois looked terrible. So if you can't pass the ball, there is no way that you're going to beat this Michigan team if you're not at least somewhat balanced. And that's a team that Michigan should handle. I would imagine Michigan will be about a 20-point favorite in that game against the Big Ten West uh, projected champion at this point, which is just an absolute joke. Isn't it crazy? You've got Wisconsin in there, they're probably going to be right up there after firing their coach with a chance to win the West in the last couple of weeks of the year. Uh, another reason, like you said, that divisions will be gone before you know it, and they got to even things out here, and I think they will. I agree. I, I think it's done. I, uh, UCLA, USC coming uh, that you know seven billion plus, whatever the final number is on the TV deal, Chris. They're going to want uh, the two best teams to play each yep. other, which I ironically. Uh, if if we didn't have the divisions, you get a rematch of Michigan Ohio State the next week in Indy, just like you would have last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, let me ask you this: if you had to bet today, who would you think would win the the Big Ten West? Because we know Illinois is going to lose to Michigan. You know, it's going to come down to a tiebreaker, right? Uh, who is the best team in that division, in your opinion? Because I sure as hell can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going probably with Minneapolis North High School uh, in the end. <laughs> They might be better. They, they might, might be better than half. They got. They over. play well in the snow. They run. Yeah. They run the hide the hoagie offense, which you can't see the ball. <laughs> They're terrible, man. Top to bottom, that is the worst. This is the worst Big Ten division that I've ever seen, and uh, just an absolute joke. That's why give us uh, the top two teams. We would have had back to back years of Michigan Ohio State rematches in the Big Ten Championship without the divisions. There almost should be, here. here's where you could do it. If you get pushback on the divisions, okay, you could say if if the Big Ten West champion is unranked, then the top two teams go. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great to me. And uh, I think I, we said talked about this about two weeks ago too, Bill, how this could be the year that the – whole playoff system finally implodes I think it's a pretty much a guarantee at this point right because Ohio State and Michigan both aren't going to lose more than one game uh, on this schedule I think what Ohio State has Maryland left and then somebody else that's no good and um, so this is the year because Tennessee's probably going to have one loss and you know what your your SEC champion could be LSU with two losses and then what so it's going to be a mess and uh, the expanded playoff can't get here soon enough Hey, man. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics. Football as a team now sits at number three as they head towards Columbus. Should be undefeated. What an epic matchup uh, that will be in one of the greatest rivalries in sports. And maybe the argument is there it's the best rivalry in college football today. Harbaugh has resurrected 
uh, the program, Wolverine.com. Also, Ballas and Doug Skeen do the weekly Michigan football podcast. You can hear this week's. Uh, that's up at the Wolverine.com. Chris, appreciate the update. We'll talk soon. You bet. Thanks, brother. Now, also, Michigan basketball, Purdue Fort Wayne tonight. So, Hoops is here, Michigan State, Northern Arizona. It's a beautiful thing. You want to join in our Bud Light Huge question of the day that you can answer. Good and bad for the Michigan State, Michigan, and Lions wins over the weekend. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. All of our social network interactions presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold. Their first home game in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena is coming up on Thursday night. Be a part of history. Get your tickets today. Just Google Grand Rapids Gold, Ticketmaster.com, Van Andel Arena box office, and also follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and be sure to use the promo code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The Lions have finally done it after a tumultuous week that included the firing of defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant and training former first-rounder tight end TJ Hawkinson. The Lions won their second game of the season, beating the Green Bay Packers 15-9. Ranked as the fourth-best offense in the league entering Sunday. It was actually all about the defense for the Blue and Silver to pull off the win. Defense picked off Aaron Rodgers three times. The rookies Kirby Joseph went two of those and Edge Aiden Hutchinson had the other. One sack and five hits on the quarterback. The Lions defense finally pulled through for a team that desperately needed them to. Kirby Joseph came up big. Hutch got one. But as a whole, that defense man, they they, uh, they rose up. The Lions will now hit the road for two straight beginning with the Bears this coming Sunday in Chicago at Soldier Field at 1 o'clock on Fox. Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Nickelodeon Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Nickelodeon Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for a superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Nickelodeon Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to Huge Show. 
listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, as we broadcast from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. Michigan State Hoops, they begin tonight officially with Northern Arizona, the Breslin, and you have the post-game, unbelievable, not celebration, but just the fact that with everything surrounding Michigan State football off the field and on the field, they went to Illinois and beat a highly ranked team, and they're still alive for a bowl game. Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, opinion maker, also Couch in the Rube podcast, available wherever you download podcasts. He's standing by on the Meyer guest sign. And Graham, how surprised were you that they beat Illinois? You know, uh, pretty surprised, especially given the conditions. I walked, you know, walking from my car to the, the stadium, I thought there's just, there's no way. Uh, it was, you know, wind gusts of well over 30 miles an hour, pretty sustained up in the 20s. Like, you, you couldn't throw the ball easily. And I just didn't think Michigan State could win in the trenches against an Illinois team that had been winning in the trenches to the degree that it would take to win that game. And that's where I was wrong. I mean, they were that was the best game in a lot of ways they played all season. And um, and, I, and I think some of that had to do with, uh, you know, I thought Peyton Thorne played a good game and all that stuff. But really, in the trenches on both offense and defense, they didn't get thrown off the ball. And they played well and um, as well as they have all year. Yeah, and... They had a they not a swagger, but just an intensity, and maybe they couldn't wait to get back to playing football after what they experienced at the big house on and off the field. And now they're projected. I saw the latest at CBSSports.com to play Miami of Ohio in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. I think any bowl would be very appealing to Mel Tucker and his team right now. Uh, how do you see this team finishing out the season? Well, it's a good question. I mean, obviously the way they were focused and dialed in against Illinois says good things about their ability to do that, their leadership, you know, some buy-in within the program and all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't think, certainly I look at the next two games as games for the first time in a while that they should be um, not gimmies by any stretch. Nothing's a gimme for this team, but games you would think they have a really good shot to win against Rutgers and Indiana. And then and we'll see against Penn State. So there's a pretty good chance they get to bowl uh, bowl eligibility, and, and and I don't know how important that is for this team. It's a good question because I do think you could make an argument that this coaching staff would be better off spending December only focusing on recruiting before that December twenty first signing day, rather than uh, you know preparing for a third tier tier bowl that doesn't give you a whole lot of juice. So I don't know how much that plays into things. I, I think in some ways what happened at, at Illinois was bigger than a bowl game in the sense that it um, it with the world sort of, you know, looking all eyes on them and blood in the water, so to speak, and thinking people thinking things might be falling apart. They reacted, they responded really well, and they beat an opponent that had been playing well. You think they're going to make a bowl game? Well, if you were writing a column tonight for the Lansing State Journal that uh, Graham Couch is predicting a bowl game, what would be your foundation for or against that prediction? Yeah, I just think they're they're – a more complete team than the next two opponents. And Indiana is really uh, sort of swirling the toilet here. Um, and I, I think that uh, Rutgers is 
a physically decent team. I mean, we saw it in the first half of Michigan. Uh, still some limitations. I think Rutgers will be an interesting game. It, to me, this is a test for Rutgers, too, to how do you bounce back from the emotional, you know, big crowd, you're in it against Michigan, and things really go poorly. Uh, do you bounce back? Because and, 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 I, I don't think physically Michigan State's in a place where they can push Rutgers around either. They're going to have to play well to win that game. But um, I, I just think they're probably a little bit better than the next two teams, both in who they are personnel-wise and, and also um, just sort of where they are in their season, especially Indiana. Your thoughts on Mel Tucker and what he'll take from this season, whether or not they get to a bowl game. I know they're trying to hold on to that recruiting class, something you pointed out a month ago on this show, Graham, how important it is to watch what happens in December uh, with those recruits. Uh, The state of Michigan State football, uh, how they finish out this season, that bowl game is very important in my mind. You know, um, I, I I think it is it, it's really hard to say. I mean, there were what happened to Illinois was incredibly promising for them. It, it said a lot of good things that uh, Mel Tucker could get his team to respond like that. That they have the leadership in the program to do that sort of thing. I, I do think there are rough days ahead uh, in the interim before they have the players in the recruiting classes if they're able to get them to really win. Like I, I think next year's team could really struggle. And so, uh, you know, people are going to have to be patient. They're going to have to look, you know, like people, there's a lot of talking about this being a program win against Illinois or a program month. And while that's true, that it doesn't necessarily lead to, you know, a, a run to a big 10 championship next year. It's a longer deal than that. I still think uh, this recruiting class and the recruiting class after it will ultimately determine whether this thing's going to work with Mel Tucker. And so, that's just more important than anything. And I do think from holding recruits uh, together and for other recruits seeing that things aren't falling completely apart, what happened last week was important. Continuing to win is important. And if that results in a bowl game, I think that's fine. Graham Couch, Couch in the Root podcast. Look for it wherever you download podcasts. Also, Opinion Maker, Lansing State Journal, and follow Graham on Twitter. My friend, always good to talk Michigan State sports with you. Look forward to talk, doing it again. Talk to you soon, Bill. All right, Graham Couts checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. Now, if you miss any of our interviews, full hours, full shows, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show and you can enjoy our free podcast. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first touchdown score or prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log on to your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, 
you'll still get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. This is a new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the $100,000 Buckets of Cash every Saturday in November. Each week, we're giving away $25,000 in cold, hard cash. Drawings are 7 to 11 p.m. with every winner taking home five grand. Grab Buckets of Cash only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Find savings like 10% off general merchandise, apparel, and shoes with Emberg's. Get $5 off instantly when you buy $40 of holiday decor, trees, lights, or ornaments in the seasonal department. And buy one, get one 50% off when you mix or match select toys from Barbie, Nerf, Hot Wheels, Disney Princess, Coco Melon, and more. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app. Always use promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups. That's promo code HUGE after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Bud Light, huge question of the day, good and bad. From the Lions, Michigan and Michigan State wins over the weekend. I know I do sports talk radio where you need to break things down, but when the teams are winning, it really is a great feeling. You want to join in 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, opt in on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. All of our social network interactions are presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team. The Grand Rapids Gold, their first home game at Van Andel Arena is Thursday night. $2 beers, $2 dogs, every Thursday night home game. Get your tickets now. And the Van Andel Arena box office, Ticketmaster.com, and the usual ticket outlets. 
Go talk about Michigan football. Clayton Safey is standing by from the Wolverine.com. The Wolverines have announced that they're not showing up to the stadium until the second half of all remaining games. <laughs> That's right. It's been incredible just how good they've been in second wow. half over the last four. Yeah. After the last four games, 100 to 3, they're outscoring their opponents. They're, I'm telling you that even if you roll back to the second half of Maryland, go go through every Big Ten game, they look yeah. not only like a Big Ten champion in the second half, or halves, plural, Clayton, they look like a national champion. Yeah, potentially. I mean, they've been good in some of the first halves as well. It's been a few plays here and there that they've given up. If you look at Penn State, they dominated that first half, but Penn State had a couple plays. Kind of the same thing with Rutgers. You had the blocked punt. Uh, you know, they had the momentum, but those guys didn't flinch there either. Michigan State, they, you know, didn't quite get, in, get going offensively as much as you would have wanted. But, you know, you know, they still looked solid in those first halves, but they just turned on the Jets, it seems like, in the second half. And they have that gear that you're talking about, that national champion contender type of gear, that Big Ten champion contender type of gear. You want to put it together for 60 minutes, but – Hey, if it means that you you know you have to outscore a team thirty-eight to nothing in the second half, and I know Rutgers isn't very good, but uh, then I think you'll take that too. It's still fifty-two to seventeen win. You look around the country, you look at context. I mean, not every team's bringing it for sixty minutes. There, there are teams in big games uh, like Clemson that you know kind of flop a little bit. So for Michigan to come out a little you know, less focused against Rutgers in the first half, I think is is, is okay. You don't want to see it against Ohio State, and uh, but that's kind of its own beast. I mentioned earlier this hour, Clayton, that I don't know if the slow starts in the first half are by design because what they do after halftime is phenomenal. Coaching, adjustments, speed to the ball, offensive play calling, everything. Special teams go down the list. And I get not being up for a game or being flat because you had Michigan State the week before in Rutgers. But this is a common theme. And is it that they're just going to see where it's at, gauge it, and then they turn everything loose in the second half. What do you think about uh, why the second halves are so different from the first halves, and this has continued in every Big Ten game for Michigan? You bring up a good point. First, I don't think it's by design. Harbaugh said on the radio today that uh, he told his team afterwards, hey, guys, you know, for a guy my age, uh, you know, give me a little warning maybe that that's going to happen beforehand because, uh, you know, it's a little scary as a coach. But you're right. I, I think you bring up a good point because – the way this team plays stylistically, and we were talking to Zach Zinter, starting right guard, who's had a fantastic season so far. You know, he, he talked about how they seem to be wearing teams down as the games go on. They feel like their conditioning is at a really high level. They're a physical team, and by the third, fourth quarter, these guys are wearing down a little bit on the other side. They're able to move guys easier. So I think you're right in that respect, where the way Michigan's set up is kind of by design. Um, you know, they don't want to be in those situations where you're down. That was the only you know, against Rutgers was the first time they were down at halftime all season, but they've been close. They were tied at Indiana. Um, so, yeah, certainly it's been kind of a, a theme a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's something where this Michigan team, you know, just kind of plays pretty consistent. And by the third, fourth quarter, the other team can't keep up, especially when they're inferior, like some of these other, uh, you know, opponents, like a, like a Rutgers, for example. So, um, but yeah, they got to get off to a fast start. I will say they have scored touchdowns on I think seven of nine opening drives, so they're starting fast in that respect. Um, it's just kind of more so some of the things in between then and halftime. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line. 
talking Michigan football. What was the, uh, whether it was you or Chris or the Wolverine.com retweeted it, that Michigan has not been tied or trailed in the fourth quarter all season long. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. And I think uh, going off of that, thinking back to some of these games as well, I think it's only been once or twice where the opponent has had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to either tie or take the lead. So they've been up decisively in these games as well. It's really been the third quarters. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but looked at it a week or two ago and they were outscoring opponents. Uh, they've only allowed six points all year in third quarter. So they've, you know, it's probably close to 200 points now or over that after putting 28 on um, Rutgers in the third quarter this past weekend. So they've kind of just come right out of the gate uh, and, and done that. I think it's seven of nine now opponents have gone three and out to start third quarters in their first drive. So it's really the defense that's tightened up. And then the offense, you, you know, kind of keeps plugging away and wearing uh, teams down and that's a hell of a formula. And uh, when you get a lead like that, your pass rush increases. I looked at the number a couple of weeks ago, Michigan's pressure rate in the fourth quarter was higher than any team in the country. So they're kind of using that as Doug Karsh, the Michigan radio play-by-play man who does an outstanding job made the comparison uh, that it's kind of like a closer in baseball. When you get that pass rush going late in the game, it can really shut the door on the other Amen. team. All right, Clayton, save it. Good stuff. You can follow everything. Michigan football, University of Michigan Athletics, and Michigan Hoops. They open up their regular season uh, tonight. All that at thewolverine.com. Clayton, uh, we'll talk later in the week. Thanks for having me. All right, Clayton Safey joining us on the Meyer Guest Sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. 24-7, everything you need with the show is available at thehugeshow.net. Let's go to Connie and Flint, one of our huge audience members. Thanks for the wait. And you're on this broadcast across Michigan. Hello, Mr. Huge. How you doing? Well, I'm about... This is the first time call. Great. I want to hear some women calling in here. What's the matter with these sports-minded women? Why do you want to hear some women? Because they, they some of them are good sports people. Man, how, how old are you, Connie? 79. 79 years old. So you like to hear those little female voices on the radio, don't you? No, I just like to hear women get interested in sports. Really? Because you're I, 79. I love hockey. You love hockey? You big wings fan? Yes. Who's your favorite wing? Shanahan. Shanahan. Is you, and is your wife around, Connie? My wife? Yeah. I am a female. Oh, I'm sorry. You're sorry. Your your man there did the same thing. I'll be damned. Lost my identity. I hope you choke to death, huge. I'm sorry, Connie. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. Not a lesbian either. <laughs> You're not a lesbian. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you got your laugh for the day, didn't you? <laughs> now you got me doing it. Mother, did you? Did you, Mother? Mother, did you not? <laughs> oh, oh, God, Connie! Oh, 
That's the best laugh you've had all day. That's the best laugh I've had in a while, girl. (laughs) I got cursed with this low voice. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. Everybody does it. (laughs) I'm I'm used to it. And you got to tell everybody you're not a lesbian? Yeah. (laughs) Especially when they ask me where my wife is. You know, laughing is good for you. Oh, I know, Connie. I know that. Well, I'm getting a good dose, good dose, good dose of healing right now. I'll have to call you more often. Yeah, well, you do that, Connie. You stay in touch, okay? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Flint Generals, too. All right, well, great. Uh, and when Chris Bird fights Tyson, I hope he just beats his butt. All right, Connie. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mr. Huge. See you, Mrs. Connie. (laughs) (laughs) Mahler, Mahler, did you you ask the same thing? I called her sir. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I can't pay. I can't pay for some of these callers. (laughs) Oh, man, the show is so unpredictable. Big. Bad. Huge.